1: You smell something? Put that down! Hello and welcome to the Mighty Motion Picture Rangers. I'm Shane. I'm Josh. I'm Chancellor. We're filmmakers, we're fans, and we are falling in love. With each today. other? No, uh, no. I'm already in love
0: with you, Chance.
2: Oh, yay. Uh, well,
1: I think I think one of us has fallen in love, one of us is in the process of it, and one of us sucks really bad at it. So, <laughs> to our listeners, if you can guess, you might win huh. a prize. Yeah, send
2: it to, comment down below comment if you Comment on our personal on lives, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: just, just but today we are talking about romance. Romantic comedies. This is the convention. This is Rom Con Con, the convention for romantic comedies, which is a line I stole from the greatest comedy television show ever, which is Happy Endings.
0: We will fight you over this.
1: It's Iron Man 3, best (laughs) movie. (laughs) Iron Man 3 is the best comedy television series. It is true. Uh, But as always, we start by asking, what have you been watching? And Josh, what have you been watching?
0: I have watched a fair few stuff. I'm going to start with Black Panther. I finally caught up. I was very slow. I'm sorry. But holy hell, Ryan Coogler does it again. He's free for free with me. He is just the perfect director. I literally haven't director. seen anything done. I, you haven't seen his other two movies? No, okay. I need to. I'll, I'll loan you to him because like, I literally... It's funny, I actually watched his movies in release order so like I never like I was like I watched Fruitvale Station and I was like dude this is this is good and then he's like I was like he's doing Creed what 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 and I'm like Creed this is good and then Black Panther I'm like this is good. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> um, it's amazing. Yeah it's also not in not so much in the house style because like a comment from him was just like no I'm gonna bring in my own DP and like composer to like change up the house style and you can tell because like Rachel Morrison Holy hell, your cinematography so is amazing. The
1: score is amazing. The soundtrack is amazing. I've been listening to it like on repeat. Yeah. Um, and I love how there's like thematic ideas even built into the soundtrack. Like, did you watch that Variety thing where Ryan Kirkler breaks down the casino fight? I know. So I, I, watch watch I have watched, watch I watched, watched that. that. It's so good but there's like a a music cue that he uses for the Dora Majai like it's this like I'm Mm. not going to try and I just (laughs) I just
0: listening to the uh, music cues like Killmonger as well just like it's just like nice intergrained like how to use like like typical African instruments and stuff like it's just amazing Uh, best villain
2: like one best of the Marvel best, best, one of the best. Marvel I still villains. argue that uh, Michael Keaton in Spider Man. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, but okay, Killmonger okay. A Killmonger is a we've close had we've had it. a good set
1: like
0: recently. I except for Hella, I don't like Hella. Yeah, joke.
2: well, Hella was there.
1: <laughs> what are you the god of again? Because I'm the god of being a hypocrite actress. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, I, I agree. I've, yeah. Been, yeah. I've, been, I've been, I've been, on a bit uh, of an anti Blanchett raid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: but yeah, and um, Chadwick Boseman, astounding. All the female cast, like Shuri, is like my new favorite character. I See, will love I her I like forever. Shuri,
1: but holy hell, uh, Denai Guerrero as the general, what's her name? Um she's oh, the yeah. head of the Dora yeah. Milaje. Yeah. Yeah. She, she was my favorite character of she, that whole movie. She, I love her to piece. and it's really weird. I listened to her on a podcast. I hate and wearing she's wearing this like, disgusting wig. She's like got the most like n- like. Like oh guys, rah, rah, like her voice is so bizarrely different. Fuck, I need From to hear her that. character in that, I want to see her. I, I really. want to
2: see her in that costume talking like she normally does. That would be amazing.
1: <laughs> Just, uh,
0: slightly in character. Okay, and that was Black Panther, so. You all know it's amazing. Uh, and Then my next movie is Ingrid Goes West. I watched yes. that finally as well. Been wanting to watch it for a while. So it's directed by Matt Spicer. It's a black comedy about technology and like sort of like you know instagram and sort of like that syndrome where we like sort of vicariously live our lives through social media and it's all commentary on that but it's fucking funny and it's such a great character
1: study yeah it's a character like great character study aubrey is like he's really impressing me lately with legion with ingrid goes west and then what was there was another movie i saw of her in it and she's playing so against her type She's really mm. good. Yeah,
0: she's yeah, she's really hidden out of the park recently. And Elizabeth Olsen was great in The Run. Yeah. I just hated her house was just like Ugh, Yeah. yeah. Ugh. Um and Wyatt Russell who's been popping up a lot like he's it, it was in the Black Mirror episode playtest. Um yes, he's, yes, yes, yes. he's like popping up in everything I've been watching recently and like
1: really like him. He's Kurt Russell's son. Billy Magnussen too is showing up in a lot of stuff. He was in Into the Woods, he's one of the princes. He's in Game Night as like the di- oh, okay. dim with and oh, he's in brother, yeah. Goes West as like the boyfriend of um with one of the other people that comes in and he's yeah mm. he's actually really good in Ingrid goes west yeah too.
0: and um Ashay Jackson jr who's this is like his second film role since uh, film role since playing his dad in Straight out Compton, so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he was funny he was he was good he was, he was, he was really funny good. he brought it um I want to see him more stuff so yeah Ingrid goes west I, I don't really want to dive too much into the plot or anything I just it's, reckon you should just watch it because it's like it's just funny and, like, sad at the same time. And, like, I really felt for puzzle and the opening. Just, oh
1: yeah, the opening, the opening is nuts of
0: that movie. I was just like, what? Okay, and next on my list is Everybody Wants Some, the Richard Linklater oh, movie. Cool, how was what it? What did you think? Oh, it's so bro-y. Ah. It's very so, bro-y. so fucking bro-y, but... Uh, it's, it's, It's got its charm. Like, I I was like, I laughed during it, but I was just like, man, this is like super, like, We're we're bros. We're like, let's bro out and love each other and like, let's compete about everything and just be very masculine toxicity. Like, yeah, my my feelings exactly. I was like, I
1: really wanted to like it because I like, because Richard Link later, but I was just like, it's just just not a comfortable movie (laughs) for me to see. And this is the
0: other movie where. Wyatt Russell appears again. Yeah. And, like, he's one of my favorite characters because he's just, like, he's a stoner. just like, has t- taped every single episode of The Twilight Zone. And he's just like, yeah, man, The fucking Twilight Zone. And am like, <laughs> whatever. Um, but, yeah, super broy. I don't, I don't know. It's obviously a spiritual sequel it's to nice. Dazed and Confused. It's got some, you know, 80s music and you'd enjoy it. And it's like, but... Yeah, it's not his, it's not his best. Um, next one is Night Owls, Uh which is a ramp, speaking of romantic comedy. Pally's in that. Adam Pally. I and haven't seen it. It's on Netflix. I've been yeah, it is on Netflix. I just discovered it the other night and I was like late night browsing after work is and I was good? just like, yeah, it's good. It's right. uh, set in one location. It's just him and. Oh, shit. I forget her name. I should bring it up. Um, she's in like the Maze Runner and stuff and other things. What is it? Uh, Rosa Salazar. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's basically just them to the entire movie. Um, oh, sign me up! I did not know what what was going. Or like, what? Like, I didn't know. I wasn't prepared for what's going to happen in the movie going in. I was just like, oh, this is a straight romantic comedy. No. It's not and it's very interesting and okay. I can't say anything else because honestly, if I even okay, say one I'm, smidgen, yeah, I'll put it on my I'm list. moving that to the top because I've had it on my Netflix watch list for like a year Yeah, already. I was just, I just like discovered the other night and was like, oh, cool, cool, cool. Um, and yeah, that's it for this week. I'm out of two safe. safe. So. Chance, though. what have, chance you have you been watching? watching? Oh, what are you watching? All
2: right, so... Um, I tried to focus on you know some romantic comedies this week just to keep on theme. Yeah, of course. Uh, so obviously, I started with Mute, which is Duncan <laughs> Jones's
0: <laughs> the most romantic movie. Oh, absolutely. Ever. <laughs> um,
2: uh, so it's gotten a lot of flack on uh, on like social gonna, on social media on uh, fucking Rotten Tomatoes and stuff. Everyone seems to hate it. Maybe because of that, I didn't hate it. I actually really quite liked it. I think uh, it wasn't like it didn't do anything really new with the neo noir genre. And like the visual style of it was obviously very, uh, very Blade, uh, Blade Runner esque, which was a big thing that happened in the 80s where every movie looked like Blade Runner. Well, now like, that style has come back. Thanks. We got a sequel. Altered Carbon Runner. as well. Looks yeah, like Altered Carbon so. looks the same as well. Um, I, I, I really like the movie. Um, it, it, a lot of it made me uncomfortable and where I thought thought it was going to end, I was like, oh, no. I mean, I know noir's are very bittersweet and have downer endings, but it can't end like this. <laughs> and then it goes for a little bit longer, and it's like, okay, th- I understand why it would end this way. That's I much nicer. I heard Paul Rudd's performance is really good. Yeah, Paul Rudd is know, great, really. in it? Um, Apparently
1: his moustache is majestic.
2: Oh, <laughs> un- unmistakable. You can just see a photo of that and just, ah, oh, get, get the heebie-jeebies from such a beautiful moustache. Um, but yeah, uh, also it is... In the, I'm going to call the Duncan Jones cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. Cool.
1: They were trying to name the trilogy. I was listening to him in an interview on another website. start, start trying, with M it, as well. Well, the third one apparently does cool. It's like mute. So it's, it's so Moon, it's moon mute, mute, and I'm 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 getting the feeling that it's going to be like mm, like Mo, no. yeah Mo mute. Mo Mo, yep. Um, I can't remember. They were trying to name it and then they were going to call it like the Rockwell trilogy because Sam Rockwell shows up in all three of them. Well,
2: Sam Rockwell uh-huh. is a, a cameo on a TV screen in Mute. Oh, uh, uh,
1: okay.
2: But but it's the same character from the Same Moon, character. Uh, ah, right. Which was really cool. And, and like, I got super excited because I did not realize that was going to happen. And I think I've convinced my wife to watch Moon with me now because I, I kind of unconvinced her. It,
1: it's Moon's so great, good. It's so good.
2: But she liked Mute. So I was like, come, come on. Then watch you're going to love Moon. Me. Yeah. yeah. Um, I uh, then followed that up by watching a Down With Love, which is... Uh, I,
1: that's the, I haven't or, seen
2: that one. That's the, the um, Ewan McGregor Ewan McGregor and, and Renee Zellweger based oh, okay. in, like, the 40s or 50s or something.
1: Yeah, but it's, like, made like a 60s romantic yes. comedy, like a 60s it, 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 sex it, it, It's like probably. a screwball
2: comedy. Yeah. Um, oh, very nice. Very fun. Very nice. I really like the... I've been meaning I, I don't it. know if I like the visual style of the movie because, like, they do this... Um, they do this, these weird green screen effects that to like make it look like more classic. Uh, yeah. um, like the whole reason I watched it is because I once left it on the preview on Netflix, went and did something else, uh-huh. and came back to it, and there was just one weird green screen bit, and I was just hypnotized by it. I was like, "What the fuck?" All you happening? McGregor, all that green screen. He has, just wants to escape. Is, why has <laughs> you and McGregor stopped being a leading man?
1: He was so good in Moulin Rouge. He was yep. so good in, or well, presumably in, in Down with Love.
2: I, I, I don't Star know if I'd Wars. say it's a really good movie, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I a thought it was very movie. fun. Yeah. Um, the the, the uh, color, the color of it is just great. Okay. Very expensive though, because like I was reading up online and apparently every single costume a character wore was handmade for that character. Ooh,
0: oh, okay. and there
2: is a lot good of effort. crazy costumes in that movie, but it was really fun. Um, then I watched uh, Man Up. With Simon Pegg and
0: oh yeah, yeah. oh that's can't uh, I've remember seen that her
2: name but she's not English but she seemed English um that, that was, that's a really really good romantic comedy um my wife was watching it for like the third time this week and I accidentally walked in on her watching it so I watched it with her <laughs> um and finally I watched uh oh no I also watched I started Santa Clarita Diet season two. Really excited to see where it's going. I love the first season, and I
0: didn't know because I haven't seen any of it
1: yet. I was like, the first season previews didn't sell me, but the it's, season two it's previews, on, no, no. So it's okay. like this is on my list. I binged most of season two in like a single sitting. Nice. S- it's like Santa Clarita season one is really cool. Season two is like the writers watch the Good Place and we're like, oh, let's do that thing. I and totally every see that. Episode is like this really cool cliffhanger, and they completely twist the story in really unexpected ways in the exact okay. same way that the Good well. Place does. Need uh, to catch I up. think it was like it's the end so of good.
2: episode three where they dig something up <laughs> that yes! I, I was like Chanel we can't go to bed now we have to watch the next episode yeah, yeah, yeah. what the fuck is happening yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That, oh, that blew me away and, and, then, and then oh, I was
0: it's, it's, Timothy Rolf, uh, oh he's so good. good
2: um and finally I watched um uh, Mr. Roosevelt which is a Netflix <gasps> original movie uh what I haven't even heard I of this one. I think it's a Netflix original. Um, but it's written and directed by uh, Noelle Christie or Noelle Wells, who I used to follow on YouTube. She used to do the uh, Zooey Chanel show, where each time she'd <laughs> her, say her name, she'd pronounce it completely differently. Um, I loved her on YouTube, and then she ended up working on SNL for a while there as oh. well. Um, and yeah, then she made this feature film, which I liked for the most part. Chanel hated it. <laughs> Uh, mainly because like you, you can't really like any of the characters until the end. All of the characters are insufferable, and it's pretty much uh, this girl. She she's kind of like lost in her life. She's like a mid twenties year old, doesn't know what she's doing, and then her ex boyfriend calls her up and was like, "Hey, our cat died," and so she <laughs> goes to her hometown, moves in with him and his wife, uh, and like just kind of like. Goes through this whole quarter life crisis thing. It's very much a movie for this gener for, the, for this generation, um, but it was shot in sixteen mil and looks beautiful. Wait,
1: and then it can't be a Netflix movie. Netflix are like adamant yeah, like that. Sh- you have really to stringent digital. rules. That's why oh, they really? couldn't shoot yeah. can shoot octo on thirty five. Maybe just it just
2: to. looked Netflix uh, looked like sixteen mil because, like, I was the watching on there. Definitely a right. visual thing here that looks great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's definitely worth a watch. I think it's an acquired taste, but I liked it. because okay. I love Noelle Christie, and she was in some other Netflix movie I watched, and that was why I was like, "I'll finally watch Mister Roosevelt." Okay, so, Shane, what have you yeah, been watching? You, you
1: remembered this week? Yay. Well, I went. I was on a bit inspired after seeing Love Simon last week, and so I've gone Did and watched a couple of uh, queer films. I watched. Uh, I went back into so Greg Bellanti who. <laughs>
2: Uh, producer Zane is just shaking his head. Um, I went back. Zane, great- can you tell me? Do you hate faggots? <laughs> That's a callback to something that happened months ago, guys. <laughs> On a different podcast, on a different podcast, too. So it's very you funny. Just, you I swear. just you just
1: like laid a slur there, and no one who listened to our podcast would know the
0: context. Damn of it. it! Remember, Chancellor, some people start the podcast, on new episodes like this, and they're just going to hear that and just like they're like, turn oh, off. Oh no. my god!
2: Now we've got merch. Can we get that on a shirt? <laughs> we um, put oh my god, <laughs> yeah. just just go on, my face on a shirt that says that.
1: <laughs> Terrifying. <gasps> Um, but I went back and watched Greg Belanti's first film, which is called The Broken Hearts Club, A Romantic Comedy. I feel like that subtitle shouldn't be on there because it's not really a romantic <laughs> comedy. It's just like a, a hangout movie just about, like, gay guys in L.A. In, I like, like his West work. Hollywood. I like Broken Hearts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's interesting. Um, it's really interesting because Timothy Olyphant is the lead in The Broken uh-huh. Hearts Club. And uh-huh. so I was like, because I love Justified. Between Justified, Santa Clarita, Diet, and The Broken Hearts Club, I'm like... Timothy Oliphant has way more range than anyone gives him credit for and he's mm. really good at the comedic and he does like a really great moment of physical comedy in Santa Clarita. He might not be up to the episode. Okay, like, he, it's so funny and brilliant. Um, so there was that. I watched, And then I watched a movie called Pushing Dead which is an AIDS comedy uh, it's, it's always fun. It's actually really good though. It's got James Rodain who's the lead in Psych, the television show that I absolutely adore. And he plays like a guy that's had AIDS for like 22 years and then uh, what happens is he's like on the plan to get the medication and then he cashes a birthday check that puts him $70 over so he can't take his medication. And so he's if he doesn't take his medication for long enough, he'll either become resistant or die or, you know, there's like a whole bunch of... And so it's like this weird kind of... Black comedy. It's really good though. It's a really heartfelt Where movie.
2: Where can I find this? Because this movie sounds S- fascinating. It's
1: really, okay. So they're playing in a bunch of cinemas in America, like like random uh, one-off cinemas, but they also man. released on DVD in Germany. I had to buy the DVD <laughs> from Germany. It's multi, it's a, like an open region, so I could just lend you my copy. Oh, it's please, an open yeah. region version of it. Oh, Danny Glover's in it as well, oh. as this, uh, this old curmudgeonly bar owner who's like good friends with him. And- yeah, it's a really, I was surprised where the movie went and it was very touching and heartfelt. I didn't, ex, I expected it to be like, oh, we're the AIDS comedy and be more like 50 50, but they they veer away from that. I love 50 50, don't get me wrong, but they veer mm-hmm. away from that. So it was really good. Uh, Santa Cruz Diet season two, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so you finished season two? No, I'm up like episode eight. I'm like two away from finishing. Cool. Uh, like my lord, that show is like, it's up there with a the good place as far as high concept comedies mm. go. I think it's so well cast. The kid, the nerdy neighbour. The nerdy neighbour kid, yeah, it's so much better in this one. And there was a bit, I won't tell you, it was a twist that happened in the middle of an episode. I was eating and spat out my food. I don't do spit takes in real life. <laughs> I just didn't see it coming. I like spat and inhaled at the same time. I choked on my food because it was such a what the fuck moment and it was so perfect. It's such a good show and it's really funny and I think season 2 is now becoming a comment on like the I don't know if you're up to where there's there's very clearly some uh, intersection with real life politics and they're oh, taking, okay. it's a satire oh. of real life in the best possible way. It's so good and I cannot recommend it enough. Cool, cool. Um I've been watching the, Catching Up on the Goldbergs, which is a fun show. It's still, I've, I've is it on. Is it still going. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh, Season wow. five. And they tried to do a spin-off set in the 90s, and I watched the pilot, and it's not that great because it was like a backdoor pilot in the Goldbergs. Yeah, But the current season's really good. Um, I, I mean, that's like a really great comfort food show. You just feel nice after watching it. So we usually finish the night mm. watching that. Listen so to
0: Patton what's smooths my voice. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> Um, and then I watched Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> so there were friends who told me, they were like, look, it's not great, but it's dumb fun. It's not dumb fun. It's just dumb. It's so bad in every conceivable way. It shot land the only two redeemable things was i think bobby cannavale did a really good job he just was like i am the campiest he just hammed it up to the nth degree and he was really really good and also jack black did a surprisingly entertaining job in it um but it's I hate Kevin Hart. I think the rock <laughs> is the rock is so bland. I, like I loathe Kevin Hart with a passion. The rock is really bland. I am
0: I am a tiny man who like shouts a lot. Yeah, that's, and then that's my idea. and then
1: Jillian uh, is it Jillian? Uh, what's her name? The redhead Amy Pond from Doctor Who. Karen Jillian. Karen Jillian. And were you she, thinking Jillian Cosgrove? Because I was. Yeah, Jillian something. That's not it. It's Karen. <laughs> no, uh, she gets a really. I get that the role is commenting on female and video games, but it they just do it it's not like a here's the comment and then let's break the 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 cliche they just do the cliche and have a moment where they say this is ridiculous and then they keep doing it and so it's like it's not doing anything and it was dumb it was predictable i was sitting there and then i turned to my family i'm like and this is gonna happen and this kid's gonna do this and this one's gonna sacrifice his life bam and i was like every step i knew just straight up it was very very bad not worth it. How that movie made a billion dollars It's funny, it sounds like it
0: fits into a very specific story structure. Maybe we'll discuss some other time. Yeah, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe next week we should but talk doesn't about something. it does fit into that story structure. Oh, doesn't structure? it? Well, no. No. It's it, narrantology, like studies, that you, can, you know, yeah. can fit into some structure. Yeah, but anyway,
1: on to the main topic, we're talking about yes. romantic comedies. Woo. The rom-com, where did it come from, is my first note. Have you guys done some research on this, or do you want me to go on my research? <laughs> Well, I, so I did but- look at, and like I'm a huge, huge fan of rom coms. I've just ever since really? I did,
2: but yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I mean, I understand because they're very formulaic, but like they're, but they're one just, of they're my favorite genres because I'm just fucking lazy. Because
1: there is it's a genre that ignores plot. Plot isn't essential. To a romantic comedy because you know where it's going to go. I'll talk so about that. It it's more about there. characters, but yeah, yeah. But where? So, so where it kind of originated? I mean, the template was pretty much set by Shakespeare with Much Ado About Nothing. Two people who do not like each other or they're at odds with each other. They meet. They're forced to be together, and they learn off each other, and they eventually fall in love and have a happy ending. And then, like others, like the Midsummer Nights <laughs> uh, Eve. Added to the like, added to it, and I think that was maybe where a lot of the because you know, a lot of rom coms have the fantasy element. There's like just like heaven, yeah, with with a spoon or the body swap ones occasionally, and that's where the sort of the magical realism kind of came. Yeah. in. Yeah,
0: well, there's a lot, the notes on are like like either they're sympathetic and well matched lovers or that are reunited or are reconciled together or yep. they're. And they have complicating circumstances like class divide or yeah. like parental yeah. interference
2: and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, that's the
1: thing that's keeping them apart, mm-hmm. and then they have to overcome that. Um, yes. With cinema, it kind of began with the screwball comedy. I,
2: I was going to say it's got to be the screwball comedy. Screwball comedy, or
1: it's it's commonly known also as a comedy of manners. Yeah. Um, and the big the big sort of watershed moment for that was it happened one night, which was Frank Capra's. Have you, either of you seen that? No. Oh. It's Frank Capra, man. It's Frank Capra. Uh, that sort of set the formula pretty much from the get go, and it's a good movie. That was the first movie to win the Oscar for Best Picture, Director, Actor, Actress, and Screenplay. the Big Five. Um, but it's usually, like you said, they're pouring up, they're, they're pairing up like a rich or poor, a mild and a wild person, uh, like bringing up baby is another. Have you either have you seen that? Oh. Howard Hawks, man, he's even better. I think he's better than Capra, but it's uh, it's it, so bring up do an baby, episode
2: on who's better, Capra or Howard Hawks? Are we going to do a first well, episode? Well, Ooh. well, you guys will
1: have to watch like at least one of their movies. Nah,
2: I rather argue about it and not know anything. <laughs> What's <Research>. bring Chance's <laughs> way. Yeah, <laughs> Put that on the t-shirt. Um, yeah. bring, bringing up
1: baby is is the he's the mild mannered professor doctor and she's the wild woman with like a pet leopard uh, <laughs> it's interesting to note though that often in the screwball comedy the female is the protagonist and the hero yeah. and romance is always the B plot so in bringing up baby, baby is the name of this leopard that's go run about and they're chasing it down trying to stop it from wreaking havoc mm. and then the romance is something that happens on the side in His Girl Friday it's the newspaper story, it's the guy getting hung for killing someone and it's this trial and then there's, there's romance stuff Is always the B plot
2: Because yeah, I was going to say the uh, the one, the one screwball comedy that I've really seen and I love is Some Like It Hot, and I was like, "Oh, that's really kind of Some a Like It be- Hot isn't quite
1: a screwball comedy."
2: Yeah, I've heard. I've
1: heard. Because, well, you. because what happened? It went from the screwball <laughs> comedy to the sex comedy. Yeah, where women's roles were diminished. This is where women sort of took the back seat, uh, and, the, and the stories became about men versus women. Some Like It Hot is a prime, and I yep. Some Like It Hot is like one of my favorite comedies of all time, I think has the best ending line in cinema history. (laughs) And even if you know it's coming, it's just so perfect, Uh, ironically. Um, (laughs) Have you seen it, Josh? Some like it hot. Marilyn Monroe. Do you know the last scene? Because
2: when I saw it, I already knew the last scene. Chanel didn't. Um, but like yeah, like you it's said, it's so great. It's-
1: they made us watch that in film school, and it was really funny. Is there was like a whole bunch of Americans who are not meant, who aren't really into watching black and white movies. They do that because it's like a film theory class, so it's a really easy credit for them. Yeah. But they make you, you have to participate. You have to show up to the screening as a set, and they sign you off at the end. And so they went and had to watch some like it hot. And it kills, it kills in a room full of people. And this movie was made in like 1960. So I love, but you know, a lot of those um, uh, uh, Doris Day, not Doris, is Doris Day? Doris Day movies also kind of fit into that sex comedy thing. Those, it's the 50s, the late 50s, early 60s kind of stuff. Um and then the sexual revolution in the seventies and everything yeah. led to love not like like the whole definition of love isn't the answer and that's mm. what how all of Love is mm. an illusion. Yeah, yeah. So down an- with love. Like even. um Annie Hall is an yeah. example oh, right, of this. Yeah. I, I hate to bring him up, mm-hmm. but just cause he he's I swear
2: we bring him up like every second we episode. We do.
1: Let's just remind the audience again that Woody Allen finger-fucked his stepdaughter. Um <laughs> Did we get that on a t shirt. But like yeah, well look, we should if you get it on, <laughs> uh, and then it moved from the seventies and the eighties, and it kind of. The 80s wasn't really there. And then it moved into what he's actually referred There's an actual term for it. It's called the neo traditional romantic comedy. Yes. Heavy in 90s. The 90s. Yeah. Heavily 90s. Yeah. Pretty Woman, Sleepless in Seattle. The entire filmography of Nora Ephron, the entire filmography of Nancy <laughs> Myers. They focus on romantic workings and less on sex. So there's always that's where like the fade to black kind of came in. Yeah. Um, and we've got, and that's kind of pretty much held since the 90s to now. Uh, including like the proposal or train yep. wreck or crazy stupid love is another one yeah. so what defines a rom-com
2: i say there is romance and there is comedy you would think that damn it i've, uh, I've i i go to a writers group um i hope
1: they're not listening they probably won't listen uh there was <laughs> you invite, one of the writers those look, people yeah, to, i did but the the writer who i'm about to talk about has not showed up to the meetings anyway for a while. He presented, oh, and it's a romantic comedy. I'm 20 pages in and there is no romance plot and there is no comedy plot. I'm like, you're telling me it's a romantic comedy and this is not a romantic comedy. This is like a comedy without laughs. It's just not there. Like, They have to have romance and they have to have comedy.
2: Um, oh, wait, so I was right. Yes. yes. <laughs> to me,
1: and to me, the difference between a rom-com and a screwball comedy, because I actually think there is a quantifiable difference, is it's that where in a screwball, the B plot is the romance. In a romantic comedy, the A plot is the romance. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's usually some circumstances that are leading around it.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to mention. It's just like, like the romance my job. is the central conflict or solution yeah. usually to like, the- yeah, so
1: love is the centre and whether it's someone's looking for love or they're rejecting love or they're in love already or it's unrequited love, those are kind of or you know, you get something like uh, just like heaven where there's like the thing that keeps them part is she's dead. Uh, not really. She's in like a coma <laughs> or something but they think she's dead um, and you have those kind of tropes. There's the meat cute.
2: Yep, the meat cute is yeah. like...
1: It, that's like it's, it's they describe it in so one of my favorite romantic comedies is The Holiday, yeah. yeah. And they describe because there's a scene where the guy describes the meat cute, it's like someone there's a man and a woman are in a shopping store or something, and he's like, I'm just looking for the pants, like, I'm just looking for the shirt, and then they look at each other, and that moment is the meat cute, yeah. It's um, like in Red Eye when they meet, and then <laughs> and then yeah, 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 oh, actually, yeah, yeah. Red Eye
2: has a great meat cute,
1: and it's and it makes it even better because the context yeah. of where the story goes, um, and then it's like the Chanel Shenanigans that the two people get up to are usually the set pieces, yeah. so the comedic set pieces, i.e. the nude scene from The Proposal, which mm. I, that is one of my favourite. Yeah. I lo- I, the Proposal is actually a really fucking good movie. It's like underrated. Very, uh, yeah. very underrated. I love Sandra Bullock and everything. but um, Oh, yeah, Sandy. Um, yeah, and the thing is that comedy is king in these movies. Like, yeah. It has to be funny, otherwise it's a romantic drama, and that's why I kind of had an issue with The Big Sick. I don't know how you felt about The Big Sick being labelled as a romantic comedy Josh,
0: yeah, um, I definitely lent
2: more towards drama. It was like the mid She might
1: die with yeah, like the it plot was, <laughs> of the
2: movie. You just had an AIDS comedy. Come on, surely you no, can no, know no,
0: that. no. But like, you, it's because it was based on real life, and like, obviously, he obviously they found comedy
1: in. But Ray Romano through. was not Emily V. Gordon's dad in real life, so I feel like <laughs> they've taken liberties in other places. <laughs> um. No, it was like
0: sort of like the stepping stone between a romantic comedy and then what Blue Valentine is, which is just sad. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a misery. Yeah, misery. First of all, time and relationship ending. So, Is it
2: kind of like a romantic dramedy more?
1: Yeah, dramedy, I, would call it, I would say call it a dramedy, dramedy, a romantic dramedy or just a romantic drama because the romance can be funny as well. Um, dramatics are allowed in romantic comedies. They're usually just allowed at like the main climax. So again, in the proposal, it's where she's, She's forced him into this wedding. And she's like, "No, I can't do this to you. I'm leaving."
0: And a big trope of it is always miscommunication. It's always like the falling apart, and then the third act is the guy trying to get her back. I mean, yeah, yeah, with, yeah. A yeah. Fact, with a monologue. Yes. Fun
1: fact: the proposal completely ended differently. It Ended up, and, and it originally ended with them not together. And that oh. scene at the office where he goes and talks to her and they kiss in front of the office was a total reshoot, ended up costing them like $10 million to do because they had to build that set again. <laughs> so the movie was originally $20 million and then got blown up to $30 million. It still made like $400 million at the box office. Um, and then you, romantic comedies usually end up with them together, but not always. Mm. I.e. my favourite romantic comedy of all time is My Best Friend's Wedding. That, yeah. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. Have you I seen mean, it, I think no, no. I saw it like 10 years ago or something. What? Oh, fuck. I just spoiled the goddamn movie for you. Watch it. Ah, oh, no. It's literally one of the best romantic comedies of all time and he does things, and um, PJ Hogan actually does, like there's split diopter shots in a romantic oh. comedy. It's really, really good. Cool. Um, so what are some notable examples and the
2: impact on pop culture? Cool. I'd say everything mm-hmm. John Hughes.
1: Yes. Yeah,
2: because...
0: Yeah, teen, teen romantic comedy. It, it, it's like, because uh, I was the talking The big romantic f- gesture. Yeah, the
2: big... At the end, it's, the it's radio. The- yeah, yeah. 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 holding up the radio, the boombox, and um, declaring your love.
0: Yeah, Rob Reiner with, like, obviously Princess Bride, and, like, yeah. I went mean, Harry mm. Met Sally, so, yeah. like, those big stuff, like, 80s.
1: Um, for me, one of the ones that a lot of people don't realise, like, Pretty Woman basically popularised the clothes-changing montage. Yeah, Happy <laughs> okay, Pretty yeah. Woman, and before that, it really didn't because before that, it's like the you know, yeah, it, it, it just was wasn't that kind of thing. Uh, Sleepless in Seattle is mm-hmm. the Meet Me at the Something at Midnight.
2: Yeah, yeah that's a and that's, that's a, like, that's like in show.
1: everywhere. Uh, Breakfast at <laughs> Tiffany's is the original manic pixie dream girl to a T. Yeah. That movie is oh, I when <laughs> it, you've seen it. Uh, I've known a long time like, Have you seen yeah. it? Yeah, I've seen it. Mickey Rooney in Asian. Tales. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, Dear God. That's, if you cut that, is, that out, that movie would be amazing. If you just literally edited that out, I
2: would think it would You, you it. should do that. Do a fan edit. Be like Breakfast at Tiffany's. The non-racist version. Yeah, the non-racist cut. The
0: phantom edit. The phantom <laughs> edit. Uh, what's really Breakfast interesting, is.
2: though, with
1: Breakfast at Tiffany's, the original source material is not a romantic movie at all because the lead male is gay in the book. And so just and you just like, you can't oh. have that
2: back in the yeah, but even then, time? like like it wasn't a, so, so, so. it wasn't
1: a story about a relationship, and the movie took huge liberties with it. Wow. Um. And when when Harry and met Sally, kind of you're right, like it set so many of those things about the interactions between men. Yeah. And women, they they, they hate
2: of, each other, but that's where they get together. Yeah. Or yeah, like the struggle between friends and um yeah.
0: lovers. Will they? Won't they? Sort of like and Carrie Fisher's in that movie, and she's bloody hilarious in that movie it's Carrie Fisher in that I I would like to
1: partake of your pecan pie (laughs) pecan pie that movie's so good I only saw that for the first time like three or four years ago it's so good it's so good so Uh, so where has the rom-com gone independent routes very yeah. much. It's pretty so. much died, it's, and it's there.
2: because of a, a problem we've talked about on the podcast before. Is like that mid-range budget has gone; it's completely fallen through,
1: yeah. and so many of the writers for romantic comedies have gone to TV. Or yes, true. and then, like I think, you know, uh like it, yeah. So the last one to hit really well was Trainwreck.
2: Yeah, mm. uh, which arguably. Like and like, I know like Trainwreck was like meant to be breaking all these tropes and stuff. They build it as the anti rom com, in- but it's
1: not at all. It is, it is literally like the most totally.
2: stereotypical rom yeah, com ever. Right into the, the giant the- romantic gesture at the end. It's it- not a romantic gesture. It's a fucking cheerleading sequence. That's yeah. all it is. But see, everyone Dude.
1: raved about. I didn't. I didn't actually like Trainwreck that much. I thought it didn't do the first ten minutes of perfection, and then everything else yeah. that followed was like, why? Why did you, like, the promise of your movie is completely gone after the first 10 minutes. Mm. Uh, because it does. It's it's every, and they break up for no reason. Yeah. that just, they break up. They just have an argument about nothing, and then they break up.
2: Because it it's real. That's what, that's what, uh, <laughs> yeah. what's his name? Well, I can't remember the director's name.
1: Judd Apatow. Judd
2: Apatow. That's what Judd Apatow does. He makes realism comedy. Look,
0: know? speaking, of that's where it, it always, it's sort of like, it's like sex comedies, which is like, Pseudo romantic comedies, but that mainly focus on sex. Now yeah. it's always like,
2: oh, it's bromance comedies. Like, yeah, I, I, I do like the bromantic comedy. Romantic comedy. Uh, are there nice. any
1: really though? Like other than I Love You Man, which is solidly. <laughs> Actually, built,
2: to be fair, yeah, all I can think of is I Love You Man. Because a lot of them, uh, a lot, lot of the
1: the bromantic movies are like buddy cop stuff. Yeah, or buddy yeah. films, mm. like yeah. the odd couple paired together. Whereas there's no like buddy romance movie because it doesn't really there's only so many times that like and and that's why I don't like I Love You Man because the joke is we're really close but we're not gay the movie and it goes for like two hours of the same joke over and over and over again Mm. I don't get why everyone loved that movie but I'm Like maybe The Big Sick, you could count it because it was billed like a romantic comedy. They, like the top quote on the poster is, romantic comedies have a new set, a new bar for romantic comedies or some shit like that. Because there <laughs> hasn't
2: been one that came out in the last like five years. Well, there was no, one, there's there dead on the river.
1: Well, Trainwreck was more recent, but there was one called The Other Woman. Did you ever watch that one? With oh, Cameron Diaz, um, yeah. Leslie
2: Jones. Leslie. Leslie son- Mann Leslie and Mann. some younger woman. Yeah, yeah. Could, and, then, about, and then Jamie Lannister from Game of Thrones. Yeah, because Jamie Lannister... He's like was, doing all three of them. Oh, yeah, do, yeah, he's that, doing the two. I, I, they oh. meet together and realize... It was bad. I
1: didn't love it, but it wasn't bad. But that was like a $40 million movie made like 200 at the box office. I don't... That's the thing. is, I don't think romantic comedies ever tanked. They never tanked at the box office. They just that's, stopped making yeah, them. Yeah,
0: speaking of that, that's another subgenre I've seen popping up. It's like compete, competition movies between like... Like obviously two males or two uh, two females over uh, this is war yeah, bride, this is wars. Bride, bride
2: wars bride wars yeah yeah uh, war.
0: yeah
1: that's like it's like a weird yeah, subgenre. yeah you're right that's yeah. like a sub genre of romantic comedy it's like
0: now we got to like stalk this person like this is one with Alexander Daddario and Kate. Something, I forget another name. She's and then they're both competing a romance and being very sexualized. And yeah, This
2: is War was. Uh, this Means War. This Means War. This means war sorry. Tom, Tom Hardy and
1: Chris Pine. I actually That's quite it. like This Means War. I had fun with that one. I don't think it's a perfect movie by any stretch mention, but it's fun. It is yeah. fun. I, I find it funny, it.
2: and this was something that, not my idea at all. I saw it from crack.com where they were talking about <laughs> how the romantic comedy is the only film genre where you root for the antagonist because technically the main character is the bad guy here. They usually come in, they ruin someone's perfect relationship. We're like, yeah, they may be a bit unhappy. And then they just take this person away and we don't know if they're going to be fine. But have you... So there's a movie that addresses that. Oh, really? I think I I think like
1: I've mentioned... It's called The Backstar. I I remember seeing it. It's pretty... Cheap. It's a bit of a cheap movie, but okay. it's got Jason Biggs in it in the lead and he's okay. the Baxter. And the Baxter is the term that this movie gives to the guy who's left at the altar oh, when the person comes in and you've crashes. you've me about this years ago. Yeah, okay, and I believe it was actually written by... Uh, not J.J. Abrams. The other guy who always works with J.J. Abrams, Drew Goddard. Oh, I was like, like Damon Lindelof. No, Dan- no. you about Damon Lindelof? <laughs> we do not um, speak about Damon Lindelof unless it's vermin <sighs> anger. It was what is it? I'm just I'm just looking it I up got scared now. Then. It <laughs> is did. directed by oh, directed by Michael Showalter and written. Oh, by oh him. okay. I was going I so him. He's yeah, a pretty so prominent so yeah,
0: director now. It's about that vermin- kind of trope,
1: and it's got all you know that regular like Elizabeth Banks, Peter Dinklage, Michelle Williams, oh, Justin wow. Thoreau. Michael Ian Black is like that. Paul Rudd, isn't it? Like it's all the usual crows. So I'm trying to hunt it down to watch it again because I remember seeing it just while not paying attention. But anyway, what makes a good rom com?
2: Ooh, I don't know. I love the mentioned mainly. it before,
1: Josh. Comedy, characters, romance. Characters, uh, great, characters great characters,
0: great characters relatable like interesting characters that
1: not just dis- I'm not I'm not a crutch for the plot or anything like, actually I, like, I think it's I think it's the more specific a character is the more intriguing they are because yeah. yeah. it's a genre like I said before it's a genre where we pretty much know the end mm. you know it's and even if we don't know the, like it's going to go one or two ways they get together or they don't get together Th- there's no like Aliens come down and kidnap them
2: all. Yeah, uh, not yet. Thing. Not yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so looking it's, forward to the one where they all get together it's, and it's just like a fucking yeah. orgy at the end. So it's like a movie specifically about the Sossus journey Party? and who you oh, damn it, who yeah.
1: you go on the journey with. Um, and that's why I think something like the proposal really works well because you mm. know Ryan Reynolds' character yep. to a T, even Sandra Bullock's character to a T, and Nora Ephron and Nancy Myers are both phenomenal at building characters. There were
2: two movies that came out I think around the same time. One of them's like my favorite ever and one I just I just accept as existing. Um <laughs> 27 Dresses and Maid of Honor. 27 Dresses I like the characters. I, I love them. They're s- interesting. Seen it. What is wrong with you man? I
1: know I Katherine Heigl is hit and miss for me. Yeah, no, that's fair yeah, enough.
2: Ugh. But Maid of Honour, I feel it's like-
1: So bad. It's so, like- we, Were you watching, was that the first time you'd seen it when we were watching
2: it? No, I, d- I saw it in cinemas. So, I watched cool. like
1: half of it. And this movie is like 95 minutes long and we are 40 minutes into it. And the actual plot, because the plot is, he's asked to be the Maid of Honour at the girl who he likes wedding.
2: Yeah, they've been best uh, friends they've for They've been years. best friends
1: forever. And then he's asked to be the Maid of Honour. That doesn't happen until 40 minutes into the movie. Yeah. And you're like, This this plot so thin that you just- Padded it out like it was. With, all I'm literally going to be
2: bringing this up later. On. Okay, <laughs> okay. That um, sorry, I brought it up too early. No, that good actually,
1: romantic
0: comedies. Um, that actually sidebarred me uh, for a second because speaking. Um, it's the one that was released recently on Netflix, The Adam Devine. Uh, oh, uh, uh,
1: the time, the time travel, the time, the time, time.
0: The travel romantic comedy. There's like a little like category of that. because yeah. there's like a couple yeah. of those. Well, that's
1: like in the fantasy. That's one of the yeah. where there's like the magical fantasy. element that comes into yeah, it. Okay, yeah, uh, Just my luck with Lindsay Lohan and Chris yeah. Pine, which isn't a bad movie. But it's where it's the that she has good luck, and then she accidentally gives yeah, it luck to she, someone else, and swap. everything bad happens. And so, but she's trying to get the man of her dreams, or there's you know the the it's the body swap or the back you know just like heaven where she's a ghost and he can see her yeah. for some reason I remember not hating that movie either
2: I just, just like don't the don't most remember.
0: romantic movie of all the, the fly
2: <laughs> yeah that, <laughs> that was a beautiful swap. movie yeah. where you know he swapped his body with a fly and started slowly becoming more fly yeah and I yeah.
1: think as far as the characters go there's like a villain you love is also really important in these ones Because I find it, having was,
2: generic villains is a big problem with generic villains companies.
1: or usually like if the main character a woman and she's going for a guy and his girlfriend is like just the worst person and treats him like utter shit you're like there is no way well look some people in real life but there is no way you would stay in this relationship if they were treating you that comically bad
2: yeah t- table 19 was one i, oh, I can't remember God. if i actually i never spoke that. about it i didn't mind it but the, the, the like what was going to happen at the end i was like i feel like this would happen but it seems kind of cheap uh, and that's just because the the girl that the ex that the, that the boyfriend is with is just the biggest bitch for no reason. Mm. And you're yeah. like, yeah, they're they're gonna break up at the end. It's oh, really my obvious. My super
1: ex girlfriend is another fantastic romantic one with the magical sort of element in it. Um, but my best friend's villain, I think, is really great. My best <laughs> my best friend's <laughs> villain. <laughs> my best friend's wedding it has such a great villain, and that was Cameron Diaz's first sort of big breakout role. Mm outside of the mask, and she's really good in it. And you that's what makes that movie so compelling is you really like her. You absolutely like her, and it makes the story work so well. This is why
0: I really want to see
1: Your Bridesmaid is a a Bitch. Your Bridesmaid is is a Bitch, which... So I, I think I've talked about that script before, is literally, if that got made, it would be the best romantic comedy of all time. You think Adam Pally could play the lead, maybe? I'd put someone else in it. Oh, no, Adam Pally. Oh, yeah, actually. I was just thinking about it
0: the other day. I was just like, I remembered the script because after he watching 9. old?
1: Because aren't they meant to have just been in, because uh, he's meant to be like mid-20s because they've been in a relationship yeah, for but, nine years. Mm. They, like that was his first love and then she goes off with someone he, else. He could be a little bit old. But have, I, you, have you read it, Chance? No, I haven't You yet. need to read it. It's I will. I'm pretty sure I, I have it, it from you. Yes, uh, but that the, monologue is the best in the mirror. I yeah, there's share. a "fuck you" monologue, and it's so good. Yeah.
2: Uh, I, IMDb says the guy who made Talka Talka and
1: Evil, Ryan, Damn it. Brian Duffield, has the rights back again. I checked with him because I'm on not a first name basis, <laughs> but I do have a hoodie from his for his latest movie. That, so that was the first thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a, yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't tell me honest, <laughs> I'll, so was I'll like, tell you like, Anticipation.
2: <laughs> um, but so, what makes a bad romantic comedy boring? Villains or like really just dis- because that was another problem with Made of Honor is that. The, the guy that she's with isn't bad, but he's not really likable. He's just yeah, there. He's like, I'm Scottish.
0: Yeah, unlikable characters that mm, you yeah. can't relate to. Yeah,
2: when you can't relate to the, the main character, yeah, um, that's also a problem.
0: When you don't care about if they get together. Like a very, like awkward romance or like, yeah, like no chemistry but also like if the romance is like really wrong like yeah. it's just like
2: uh. I don't know I feel like you could do that and have like fun Like Silver
0: Linings it. playbook. Yeah but take. if it's more if it leans more towards comedy in that aspect Yeah. Like, if it's balancing if, it's, if it feels really wrong we're not going to buy into it, the comedy and I think either. I
1: think where the problem happens is when it feels like everything's just cobbled together from a bunch of other movies things like yeah. um, Rumour Has It so with Jennifer yep. Aniston, and it's like the my the Graduate was based on my family story, and it's just really uncompelling Jesus. failure to launch with Matthew McConaughey and yep. Sarah Jessica Parker. It's so it's so unmotivated by like reasonable character work. So the characters don't. If you set up a really good character and then they do a thing, it should be of course that character would do that or say that or be like that because Mm. that's how they've set up to be. Whereas a lot of these movies just stuff happens and then the characters will react. Kate and Leopold is another awful movie. I revisited that one recently it does not hold up. Uh, that's Hugh
2: Jackman, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Hugh Jackman yeah.
1: And, and the sleepless, yeah, Meg Ryan.
2: Meg Ryan, Meg Ryan <laughs> the star of, maybe that's where romantic America's comedies sweetheart. have gone. Meg Ryan doesn't do any movies anymore, so we don't she, get she romantic comedies. She took them all. Yep. yep, she took them all. Like, she yeah, took them like, when she went like, up She was a
1: free hog, take it all. <laughs> yeah, I've got Maid of Honor here, just because it's yeah. tons of extra padding for a plot that
2: is maybe like a 10-minute setup. I'm going to assume you have, uh, they they came together on there somewhere. No. Because they came together is, is a
1: parody. Yeah, it.
2: is a parody of it. And so much of what happens in they came together reminds me of Maid of Honor. Yeah. Maid yep. of Honor mm-hmm. is the unfunny parody because yep. everything but is just so generic.
1: Technically it's more so parodying like the you've got mail slash the thing that you've got mail. Very in. true um there's a movie called did you hear about the morgans
2: with uh, sarah jessica with sarah parker, parker. Oh, yeah, yeah. Grant, Grant, and it's yeah. literally like they witness, a,
1: they witness a murder and so they have to go to a ranch and they fall in love And it's just it's, like so that crippling. sounds amazing are it's you kidding so no, no, no. i
0: remember actually because we rented it from I was like we got the movies we wanted and then this is like this random b movie i was like let's just get this just to watch and oh my god it's awful
1: Yep. Uh, and then then what really bugged me as a fan of roman as a big fan of romantic comedies is there's ones that are trying to be quote unquote different romantic comedies, but they actually fail to realise what Makes a romantic comedy work, and that's like Leap Year with mm. Amy Adams and the breakup with Jennifer Aniston and Vince Vaughn. Those the yeah, breakup was yeah. like if the anti that was this was the anti rom com before Trainwreck. And yeah. It was like they don't get together at the end. I'm like, okay, but that's it. That's your whole plot. It's 2005 or edgy. <laughs> yeah, and Leap Year is the one where Amy Adams is like in Ireland, and she it's the one day of the year in the leap year where you get to propose, where the woman gets to propose to the man because we're still in. You know, eighteenth century England yeah. apparently, and it's really bad. I like Amy Adams, but that movie is intolerably shit. Because it just doesn't it doesn't it doesn't they don't care about I feel like people don't care about the genre. Yeah. And it's like when you get someone doing a horror but they don't do anything horror
2: because they don't like horror. And so you need to you need to like the genre you're working. I with. think it's the same problem that all the Michael Bay horror films have, is like they understand the basics behind it, so they just do that. Yeah. They don't do anything new, and if they are trying to do something new, they don't understand the genre, so they don't actually do anything new. So it doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. So
0: the bare minimum to market out a film for release and to get money back. That's Yeah. It. yeah. Is there
2: a future for the romantic comedy? I like to think so. I, I like. I'd, see, optimistic. I think that Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd, fucking, what was it, Judd Apatow tried to do this, and it kind of worked with the 40 he built year old his own genre in doing yeah, the that? Yeah. But the R-rated romantic comedy, I think that's the future. Oh, we've love, the TV show, like the Netflix show. Oh, um, I haven't seen oh it yet. Yeah. right. Um, but that's where it's, it's moving to TV. Yeah, yeah, it's to TV. Um, I I want to see more in the movies just because I love romantic comedies. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, TV, that's fine. I
1: think we're seeing a resurgence of it in indie cinema, especially yeah. like Adam Pally's. And there's a movie called It's a romantic comedy drama called Band Aid. I was literally just showing yeah, Josh the picture yeah. for it. It's it's about like a couple that are having. Relationship issues, and then they so they form a band to work out their oh, relationship great. issues, and it's actually it's good. The music's really good, and the, the the actress who's in him with that she directed it as well. It's really really good. Um,
0: yeah, or it's like super indie stuff, like Joe Swanberg doing mm. like the Drinking Buddies yeah. one, where it's yeah. like the couples the they like the opposite people so.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't I th- like I'm a huge fan of it but I don't think we're ever going to see a comeback of it like we did in the 90s. We're never yeah. going to see that shape of a romantic comedy again unless someone break like like you know, someone will do a western every now and then and it's mm. like an old school classic western. And we'll probably have that with a romantic comedy but it's never going to be the like in the, the way.
0: state of the world back
2: then was different that's how they shaped it. Wait, yeah, well Are you 90s, saying we can blame Trump.
1: No, you can, can blame 9/11. B- no,
2: damn it 9/11, the terrorists of one. We Liter- lost romantic literally, comedies. Literally, you
1: can st- Start seeing the romantic comedy die after that.
2: Can we do a romantic comedy based on 9-11? <laughs>
1: no, God no. I am writing. That's at, going on a shirt now. now. <laughs> no, going, everything goes on a shirt. Um, I think. I think though, part of it is that the audience is too fractured, and the creative people are too fractured because there mm. was a lot of studio spec script stuff happening in the nineties. Yeah. Now there's not that. It's IP, so you have to write a rom com book that, like, Love Simon. Yeah. Um, which actually works. Really well as a romantic comedy, not just a teen comedy, not just a coming out story. It's mm-hmm. actually like a really good rom com. It's there's the mystery person that he's falling in love with via email. Who is it? Find out the mystery, you know, and it's so it works as a rom com as well. But and audiences are, are too fractured where it's, we're seeing a lot of stuff on the audiences that would go and see. Romantic comedies are now staying home, Netflix and chilling, and watching TV shows on Netflix. Yeah. That's why we're seeing some of that stuff on Netflix in the form of TV shows or in the form of Netflix movies. But they kind of, yeah, it's. I, I want there to be. I'm going to work. I'm going to try.
2: and yeah. make it happen. That, that'll be try. our job. We're going to write a romantic comedy. Each that's three more. Yes, yeah. spec scripts that will never and them,
1: be made. release them in the same year. So then it's like, oh, uh, this is the year it's made. No, then i going to we we make like China and artificially inflate the cool. appearance. <laughs> of- Jesus, all right, cool. Yeah. They're going to going to be made, are
2: though. Oh, okay. Go to believe. I do believe. Do you
1: believe? Uh, That's a good place to end it. Yeah, I think so. And it's semi-hopeful. So let's go to- Not end, but yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, uh, top five. So top five, instead of just top five romantic comedies, I thought to branch it out, because I think, I think like we're getting too much crossover when we just do top five such and such movie. Yeah, And so I, I yes. quite liked how we did top five um, most overly dramatic scenes when we did the drama thing. That was kind of fun because you got to hear some different takes and everything was kind of different. So I've got top five most yeah. romantic scenes in
2: movies and it doesn't yeah. have to be a rom-com, but it can. Um, do you want to go first or do you, I'll, I'll go first. Okay. Um, just because mine are the stupid ones. So I, I don't have any. Uh, I, I find with these ones also, it's hard to have um, honorable mentions, which I always it's struggle so with. Are you kidding me? Like, are
0: you kidding no, no, me? No, oh, you could, no. Okay, because your honorable mentions can be like. Everything or nothing? Yeah, it's true. like it's like so much or like yeah, it's it's very. This is a very hard list for me. As well, well,
2: well, I'll have my honorable mentions as all the ones that everyone else will do, like the John Hughes, the Spider Man upside down kiss, the all those really true, true. great classic.
1: Stone, one of my top five.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's in my honorable mentions. So socket, uh, the, the kiss in the rain from the Notebook. They're my honorable yeah, mentions. Yeah, these are far more interesting. Interesting. Oh wait, no, three isn't. Oh well, number five <laughs> uh, is walk hard. The sexual tension, which is wait, you, what the dirty you? know, for? whenever they go to kiss and then they don't, they're like, oh, oh, sexual <laughs> tension. It is yep. beautifully uh, stupid. Um, number four is more serious one. It's twenty seven dresses, the greatest movie ever made. It's the Benny and the Jets. <laughs> okay. Is
1: that on Netflix?
2: Probably, I think it's I don't a Stan. It's on DVD it's Stan. at my house, motherfucker. Okay, so you've gone, um, it's over. Romantic, transfer. yeah. Light a candle. So it's it's the Benny and the Jets scene. So it's it's where the two characters actually realize that they like each other. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a classic romantic comedy thing. They both get drunk and badly sing all the lyrics wrong in Benny and the Jets. Of course. And then they, I think they crash their car. No, no, they just like in their car. Is drunk. it kind of like the scene in the proposal where like
1: it takes two to make a thing go right?
2: Yeah, I guess in a way, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, number three is my boring uh, obvious one. It's love, actually. Um, yeah, it, it, it's it's the scene at the end where the kid goes through the airport yes, and professes his love to the little music, girl. That uh, music, cute? I just it's it's just touching. Um, number two is how to plan an orgy in a small town, uh, which is Watch a out. great yeah, independent romantic comedy that I found and it's it, it I came across that accidentally
1: on IMDb because I was looking up an actor and I'm like oh that's that movie Charles was talking about <laughs> mm.
2: and you should have seen it I'm pretty sure that was either on Netflix or Stan it's Netflix. A while. oh it's on Netflix, yeah. brilliant um I saw it on DVD, obviously. Um, but yeah, it, it, uh, obviously. I, I don't want to say the scene because it, it kind of like ruined yeah, the plot it's point. Fine. Yeah, but we, it, we it's believe. in the end when the orgy happens. Okay, something romantic cool. happens in the orgy <laughs> and it's beautiful. Uh, and then number one, my number one romantic scene because like I had a romantic orgy. The most romantic scene to me is in Titanic. Yeah. The romantic boob grab. So when they're in the back of the car in the in the <laughs> ship and he goes to kiss her, and he just grabs her boob. It's just a honk-honk, but it's such a romantic moment. It's like any, any other film, it's like, oh, they grab no, their boobs, I, it's I, awkward. I
0: agree with you there because it's, it's a human moment.
1: Yeah. which makes it like more romantic.
0: Very yeah. human, it's very human romantic. Yeah. Actually, I like, think
1: the steamy hand on the window is iconic. The steamy that, hand more, is iconic. Yeah, but iconic. But but I can see a sexy moment. steamy hand
2: anywhere. Where do you see a romantic boob grab? Okay,
1: yeah.
2: Oh, it's lovely. Agree, yeah. yeah, that's
1: a nice one. Okay, uh, uh, throw it to Shane. Okay, Shane, uh, go Shane, So my honorable mentions. I don't know how you can say they kind of. So falling slowly from once, the scene where they're singing that song in the music shop. Yeah, gorgeous. Uh, the ending of Pretty Woman. Where it's the knight in the shining armor running up the stairs and the suit like it's her fantasy done in like a weird urban way. It's it's classic. Uh, the, the ending of Romancing the Stone, the, the boat going down the street in
2: New York. Oh fuck, I totally was meant it's to mention Romancing so the Stone. Good. I love so, that movie. That's
1: such a great romantic act like that's such a blend of the romantic comedy with an action adventure. Mm, uh, awesome. Titanic on the bow of the ship. I'm yep. Flying Jack. Uh, the planetarium scene from La La Land. Oh yeah, I could Absolutely. put lots of things in La La Land, but the planetarium <laughs> scene is pretty pretty good. Uh, the, the the entire of The Princess Bride, just yep. the entire of it, uh, Moulin Rouge as well. The entire of Moulin Rouge. The the Elephant Love medal is probably probably the number one there. Um, and then the meat cute in Romeo and Juliet. That is one of the through fav- the aquarium through the aquarium. Yeah. It's, of, it's such a gorgeous scene, and I don't think there's a more perfect meat cute really. So my uh, top five have number five is say a little prayer from my best friend's wedding this is the scene and you'll know this even if you don't come to the movie it's mm. where they break out and say a little prayer for you at the table in like the restaurant yeah that it's 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 romantic because it works on a bunch of different levels you have to put that on the top of your list and go and watch it this week i'm pretty sure it's on netflix or something it's really good that movie is groundbreaking even if you watch it today. It's really, really good. Uh, number four is the pastor scene from God's Own Country. It's a movie I mentioned during our top ten. Yeah, and I'm it's, excited. It's on my list in my yeah, box to it's, watch. It's just this It's such a simple scene and yet it carries an immense amount of romantic weight to it and... That was that would have been really hard to pull off and do right. Uh, Kissing in the rain from Spider Man. I love that like the idea of like kissing in the rain is so like I mean that's been iconic since uh, breakfast rain exists since Breakfast at Tiffany's, which did the movie version version of that, and then there's you know the Notebook and that kind of thing. And the Spider Man was like, what if he's? But can we do that but with a superhero? And just that little twist of it made it so good. It's very rare because there's like the you know the top five most, most iconic kisses in the history of cinema, yeah. Spider-Man is up there. Oh, definitely. And it's weird that a movie, a really modern movie, was able to kind of do right that. Right after he stopped the rape. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Um, and then number two is the the carolers scene from Love Actually where he's got the cars and he's like, to me
2: you're perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, course, that, yeah I mean that
1: just will melt. <laughs> yeah, I am
2: really hoping all three of us have different scenes from Love Actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping Josh has five different scenes from Love Actually. No. Uh, and, then,
1: and then my number one is it's when Rick lets Ilsa go in Casablanca at the very end. Oh, okay, of course, yep, yeah. He's looking at you, kid. Yeah. That is, you can't beat something more romantic than giving up love. Yeah, if you love that them, the, let yeah, them go. Yeah, and it's, it's so. Then that that movie still hits so strongly despite being made in like 1940 or so, whatever mm. the hell it was. Yep. I love it. I love pieces. Josh. Beautiful.
0: Okay, so my, I didn't have a honorable mentions because there's like so many I mentioned anyway. So uh, being hard on myself, top, like number five is Wesley and Buttercup from The Princess Bride, like, as you wish, sort of like yeah, as they learn yeah. that the, there's different ways to say I love you or like
1: they the expressions of love. It sounds like you said wrestling Buttercup in The Princess Bride. Wesley. Like, when does he <laughs> wrestle
2: her? Oh, and you didn't Wesley. see the R-rated version?
0: <laughs> yeah, unrated. Um, so yeah, and I thought that was a very nice, beautiful moment. Uh, number four is Harry when Harry met Sally. The New Z speech. It's just like to yeah. start our yeah. life. I want to. you were about soon. to say the the. I'll have what she's having. Yeah, <laughs> Sure. <laughs> um, number three is um I'm going a bit more towards platonic love here. It's um anything with Grace and Frankie, sort of like their expressions of love for each other and affection okay. for each other. I find very beautiful. Or um Saul and like the their relationship um. The merrill Ledge, like the, I uh, just love... There's so many bits to choose from. It's a bit cheesy. Uh, number two is Crazy Stupid Love. The Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone scene when oh. they recreate
2: the... <laughs> the recreate the, dirty How the fuck yeah, did I forget that? That um, is honestly one of like, my favourites.
0: And like, There's like that human moment where she actually like freaks out because she like, <laughs>
1: yeah. lifted in the air. So yeah. I was just like, it's uh, th- That beautiful. movie's written by Dan Fogelman. He's actually a really, like, if you can get a hold of his scripts on the page... They are really good to read. They're really yeah. good to learn writing off. Okay. He did This Is Us. Is, is oh, the of course, creator of course, that. Course, and, course, he, course. and he's got a, show, a movie coming out called Life Itself and the screenplay for that is phenomenal as well. I think you
0: mentioned it on Twitter. And number one, uh, we mentioned it, Sister Spider-Man Kiss in the Rain. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, a nice, absolutely. nice moment. There's like other films I was going to mention, like weird stuff, but I was just like,
1: oh, I don't know if it works as romantic. Apparently Tobey Maguire nearly drowned, <laughs> <laughs> suffocated because the mask covers his yeah. nose and it's full of water. And then she's over his mouth. He actually comes... Can't breathe. So
2: um, let
1: I, go. If you've ever had water just run, like if you've been upside down and had water
2: run up your nose, know, it
0: burns. Yeah, yes. no, it's, doesn't oh nice. No, uh, I,
2: I want to add two more to honorable mentions. Okay. Uh, just got remembered: Return of the King, when uh, Aragorn like tongue fucks her face at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I love that moment. There is something about I was, that, I was that. Just t- I was going to mention Return of the King,
0: where they're all jumping on the bed and it's like, oh, oh yeah, oh, <laughs> central. Yeah.
2: Just the entire ending is just cool. <laughs> yeah. oh um and uh moonlight the I was going in a hand, mm-hmm. job. hand job making a romantic hand job is just amazing <laughs> I, I love making <laughs> unconventional like things that people don't think yeah, are course. romantic but are very human yeah. Well, then you play like the
1: god's own country one they literally make like spaghetti bolognese romantic like Ooh. the most romantic gesture
2: to <laughs> be yeah. fair i've had some good spag bol <laughs>
1: Uh, Well, that's a really good place to end a good spag bog. (laughs) Uh, If you like this, please subscribe. Please rate us and review on iTunes. We would love that. It really helps us get our our podcast out there and noticed by other people. And tell your friends to listen to it. Get them to subscribe. We're available on iTunes and a bunch of other places. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at... uh, Twitter and Instagram at Picture Rangers. And we're on Facebook at The Mighty Motion Picture Rangers. And if you have an email... Is something you want to email us? Fan art? The fan art of all of us falling in love with each other? I don't know. Oh, please people send are send us crazy. you guys. Just
0: uh, uh, do you some t-shirt designs for Transter and all his terrible things.
1: Uh, and you can send that to motionpicturerangers at gmail.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Shane M underscore Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at that. That Sundance Katie, it's in all caps,
0: and at Instagram at underscore that Sundance Kid, because I'm going to relaunch my Instagram, sort of. So there
1: you go. Ooh. More, more I, classy photos, I don't know.
2: And then you can follow me at Instagram at the Chant Star.
1: Uh, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you again next week. With love. Goodbye. we'll book for peace. Maybe there's still a chance they'll listen. Fire every missile we have at that godforsaken mothership and pray to God that it works. No, none of these ideas are going to work. I've got it. What we need to do is tell every citizen to leave their homes naked and just tell them to have sex with toasters in the street. The aliens will be so confused, they'll just sort off. If you'd like to see the alternate takes on political issues ranging from big to small, subscribe to a New World Order podcast at www.that's not kind of forward slash a new